welcome to um, uh, Life Hacked. My name is James Ainsworth. I'm a motivational speaker and I talk about focus because I believe that focus is probably one of the best things we can do because it allows you to concentrate on the things that you want and let go of things that you don't want. Alongside that, I do a bit of PT, nutrition, mindset, and uh, well, like probably like you, many, many different things, modalities and stuff. So yeah, so that's me. Brilliant. And uh, so that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a biohacker and uh, I'm all into um, finding out like what effective things that are useful. And so what I'm here to do is to pick his brains to find out what things he does that make him successful. And before we do that, I want to know, how do you define success? What is success to you? Success is the ability to do what you want, when you want, in the manner that you see fit. Now, there's loads of people out there that see success as, I've got to have a million pounds. I've got to have this... Um, million dollar company I've got to have a family but success if I go a bit deeper into this is where you get to connect to your own inner self your own divine self and it allows you then to come into alignment so that you know what you need to do and allows you to achieve this purpose in this life mm. and 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 um, how, how how is your life at the moment, you know, in terms of that, that success criteria? So with regards to me at this moment in time, I'm pretty much, obviously the whole of life's a journey. You know, whatever you say, the whole of life's a journey. I'm at the very beginning of my own speaking life and I'm at a point where I'm learning a lot of stuff but at the same time I'm also learning that the more stuff that we learn the more layers we are creating on ourselves and so it's kind of taken us away from our true self so I'm starting to perhaps not focus on doing this focus on doing that focus on doing that I'm bringing myself in I'm centering myself on what I need to do in order to be the true, um, to my, my true self. When I'm at the true self, I'm optimised to the best I can be. My energy levels are flowing, I'm healthy, I'm fragrant. I wake up in the morning and go, ah, kind of thing, you know, happy kind of mindset kind of thing. Okay, and, and um, so in terms of, um, you know, your, um, your life, what, what are the, you, do you remember the, pivotal point in your life where because I remember there's like four or five pivotal points in my life where it was like okay that that's a path you know this is this is an important pivotal point like 9-11 was for the uh, the Americans you mm -hmm. know like it was a turning point uh, what are your pivotal points in your life my the biggest pivotal point was actually a breakup five six years ago and that was the catalyst which literally put me onto this journey. Before that, I was pretty much. I didn't really, I didn't really allow myself to get into spirituality. 
I was open to I was open to new things, but it was I was at a time where I would get depressed, I would feel anxious, I would um, struggle to connect with people, I'd be shy, lack of confidence. And the breakup allowed me to to think initially, because the initial idea after breakup is when you break up with somebody, what's the first thing that you want to do? You want to get back to you want to uh, get together with somebody else, yeah. So on this occasion, I wanted to get back with my ex-girlfriend. So I use the opportunity to grow, to build confidence, to build my self-esteem. But the more that I realise that, the more I realise I'm better off away from that because. And this allowed me then to start to do things like taking action. And there's quite a few things, actually. This, this year and the end of last year have been some massive, pivotal um, occasions. I just started, I've just done a course on the warrior, the king, the magician and the lover, which have built four male archetypes. And it kind on one occasion, on one of the sessions, I'll tell you this one little story. There's times when I go, I used to go out, I used to have a few drinks, and when I had a few drinks, I would get aggressive, I would fight, and what I realised, working with this coach over the 12 weeks, that I had been suppressing my warrior archetype. So when I'm sober, I was able to push this warrior side down, and the warrior is all to do with anger, it's all to do with frustration, it's to do with that side of us that takes action, that wants, that has a passion, who has a purpose, that kind of thing. And what I realised was, when, I, when, when I'm sober, I can suppress this warrior, I can push him down. But when, I'm, when I drink, I can't. And all these archetypes want to be heard and felt. And so the warrior would literally come out with a vengeance, when I'd been drinking because I could no longer control him. And uh, that was a huge eye-opening point for me and it's helped me massively. And then obviously about working with the lover, so opening up to grief, working with sadness. Um, there's also the magician, which is all to do with, this, uh, to do with the inner self and fear. And then there was the king who brings them all together. He's kind of the guy at the top who then Dells, uh, gives the others uh, a direction and a king when you've got the when you've got the all four in sync you start to become a bit, lot more of an integrated integrated man and yeah that's massively out and there's other occasions there's loads of different occasions it's uh, it's unreal it is really unreal so is, it, do, is there any kind of practices you do on a daily basis for this king warrior uh, to keep it in check or whatever it is. So the warrior, for me, that's all about allowing yourself to release things like anger and uh, anger in a healthy way. So things like boxing, uh, martial arts. I use strength training, running, uh, anything physical. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of ways you can release anger and working with the lover has allowed me to go to a much, much deeper level with my own um, emotions. I haven't quite cracked being able to cry because I've been brought up on a farm. It was kind of 
kind of frowned upon to cry, I think. And so I struggled to cry, so there's still that to work through. But to do with the lover is all to do with accepting that we all have emotions and allowing ourselves to feel it. The magician, that's to do with delving a bit deeper into our own spiritual practices. You know, just quickly, just before this, I kind of realised that I was being triggered by somebody to do with my own seven-year seven year old self. So I allowed myself to go into a, uh, go and sit next to a tree and next, sitting next to this tree, I would just sit there and just have an internal conversation with my seven year old self, which I can do, I do internally and I usually, I can see, I'm quite good at intuitive so I can, I can see quite clearly. And I allowed him to just vent his emotions and at the same time I allowed him to get to the level where I could understand what was the main trigger and it was down to not feeling that I wasn't loved and I wasn't accepted and I just sat with him for a while and eventually he came he came across and said okay let's he's come on board so now it feels as though he's definitely there to uh, starting to feel a bit more loved I think there's still a lot more work to do but again but this is what it's done this warrior magician lover and the warrior is that it's allowed me to delve a bit deeper into these parts of me and do you have like a, a morning routine what time do you wake up and what things do you do in the first couple of hours and why so I've been big into morning routines for probably how many years seven eight years so obviously I've done everything from the Miracle Morning with, um, just, what's his name, Hal, Hal Elrod. I've done, yeah, I've done lots of different things, but I've kind of chopped and changed. I used to do the, uh, what's it, meditation. Um, there used to be things like reading, journaling, a bit of exercise. But I try not to make it too big because I was doing like an hour and a half to two hours every morning. So I've, I had reduced them down. But again, if you're used to doing massive routines, suddenly you're not used to, you know, you take it down to like two or three things and it's very easy to add them on. So at the moment in time, I get up in the morning, perhaps around between five and six. That's because I want to get uh, the earlier start, you get more stuff done and I'm a morning person myself. Um, then I do a bit of reading and have a coffee. Then I will do a bit of visualisation, a bit of meditation. I've started to do again insanity. So I'll do a 30, 40 minute insanity session, which is obviously what's high an What's an insanity session? So it's a high intensity interval training. So you'll do, you'll start off with a warm up, which is six sets of different exercises three times around then you have to do, do a bit of stretching for like four to five minutes then you go into the big rounds where you do things like burpees tuck jumps and you're doing roughly about 30 seconds on but you're doing four different exercises in a row then you have 30 seconds off then you go back through it again and so on and so on you do it for like 30 40 minutes but i used to teach it as a class mm. That is pretty intense. Yeah, I've done high, uh, high intensity interval training as well. 
and it is you you can knackers you out really fast yeah so yeah especially yeah. when doing burpees yes yeah burpees <laughs> I, I do the modified burpee you know where you do the press up and then you bring the leg in as well yeah 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 uh yeah it's like i do 20 of those and i'm dead basically so uh <laughs> Yeah. So that, yeah. So that, I love that. And and what about? Do you have like a, a, a going to sleep routine? I chop and change with that now and again. Uh, actually, one thing I do want to quickly mention is that I also, in my morning routine, I will allow myself to call upon the angels. Mm. I've last couple of years I've had allowed myself to believe that they're there. And I feel their energy and stuff. I don't see them, hmm. but I can use the angels to help and assist me throughout the day. And uh, yeah, that's, and, that's and, and how do you call the angels? Just say, um, Arch, for example, if I Archangel Michael, he's the one that can be used for protection. So when I leave my house, I ask Archangel Michael to protect my house. And you know, they won't come to you unless you'd you ask. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so what I'm interested in now is, is, is how have you optimized your life? What is it that allows you to be more productive? Okay. I've literally, I'm going to be pretty honest here. I've gone through a phase recently of, I think it's probably the last few months, last probably this year, I think I've been probably a little bit inconsistent. Mm. Um, mainly because... I've had all these little niggles and stuff and uh, a few injuries and yeah. So I'm going through, I think I feel like I'm going through the next phase. I've got all this thing, it's quite not working. I'm trying to figure that one out. But if I want to focus, then I will, there's a guy called Dan Pani. So Dan Pani is a Buddhist monk and I've done his course on focus. Now, he sees the mind as a fast space in many different areas. So everything you can think of has a different area. So sitting here now, you can have an area of a butterfly, area of, gra uh, area of grass, you can have an area of a tree, area of happiness, area of joy, area of people, family. Uh, everything you can think of has its own different area within your mind. And the awareness is like a ball of light which goes from one area to another area. Now, we are the only people ourselves that has the power to change where our focus and where our awareness is. And the more aware, the more aware that you become, the easier it is to realize where you are within your mind. So the other day, that meditation I did with you the other day, I allow myself to sit up in the first thing in the morning and just see where my mind is particularly. And quite often I will see things like, I usually see words or pictures come into my head and I'll see things that I'm, I am unworthy, I'm not good enough, I can't. But since doing that and working on my awareness and working on my mind, I've started to be able to change from I can't to I can. So suddenly the action taken is starting to take place because my belief, my subconscious belief in the mind is that I can. And if you allow yourself to understand and to find out where you are in your headspace in the morning, you then have the power to move your awareness from an area that you don't want 
to an area that you do want. So I'll give you a great example. Perhaps in the morning, something's happened the day before, you're feeling angry. Now, you personally have the choice whether you stay angry or whether you move your awareness to another area. So you can move your awareness from the angry area of the mind to the peaceful area of the mind. Now, it might not sound very simple, but when you get into the habit of identifying where your awareness is and then moving your awareness, you'll see how easy it is to move your awareness from anger to happiness to joy to excitement. And the more that you do it and more that you practice, the easier it becomes. Okay, and because you run the uh, workshop here, the uh, Focus Mind. Yeah. How, yeah. how did that uh, How did that come in? How do you... Um... And what what are the what do you see in in your students, like that help the students in that? So obviously I've run three workshops this week, and over the three over the three days our three hour workshops three and a half hour workshops, what I've noticed is is that that meditation helped, you know the medita- uh, and that helped because it allowed them to see where they were. But it also allowed them to give them, it gave them an example of how easy it is to move your awareness. And it's also, I think, empowering those people to understand that they have the power. Nobody else can tell them what, what to do or how to be. Only you can do that. And once you know you have the power, then you kind of realise then, yes, okay, I have the power to do this. I'm going to move my awareness from there to there. Uh, what else has happened? Yeah, I find that meditation very useful. Yeah. Because now I've started putting my awareness uh, at the back of my head and I'm just looking out uh, through my um, third eye. Mm-hmm. And it just sits there and it's very quiet. But, um, actually, that's a good point, actually. Um, quite often, when we go throughout the day, I think I mentioned in the class, didn't I, about... Um, so. I have named my head and I've named my heart. My head is Bruno and he is a Rottweiler and he loves barking loads and loads and loads. He never, he never, never quiet. But all Bruno, all Bruno wants, my head, is to be heard. If I allow Bruno to be heard, he starts to quieten down. And at the same time, my intuition, Bertha, she is the one who can create and move me in a direction which I'm my purpose in life in this lifetime. So I will allow Bruno just to be heard. Okay, Bruno, now wait over there and I'll allow Bruno, to, uh, sorry, Bertha to help and assist me and to let me know, to help me to know where to go intuitively. And I think when people understood that, they kind of realized that they can, you know, they can. Uh, use their intuition and to quieten their head quite easily once they understand that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, what do you what if there was something that something that you could teach my readers now? What would it be? I mean, what would you teach them? Well, that'd be useful to them. Again, it would probably be what we've just been chatting about, the mind. So, obviously, we've got a fast space in many different areas, and the awareness, which is a ball of light, which can go from one area to another area. Now, when your awareness is in that area, 
that area will light up. You'll become conscious of that area. Now, if you can move your awareness to that kind of thing, it allows you to identify that you are not that emotion. We are, as, as human beings, we aren't this uh, that emotion. That emotion is in that uh, is in the different areas of the mind. So it's a good way of changing your awareness, thinking that I am this, to it's over there or it's it's here within our mind. So you do, you aren't your emotion. It's just that your emotion is in that area of the mind, and it feels initially quite difficult but the more that you practice and become aware of where you are the easier it becomes and it's it's one of those things that before a workshop or before a talk I will prime myself because it's very easy to start to feel anxious and fearful of what people are going to be thinking but if you allow yourself to be primed and what I do for that is I put on some music, this is my way of doing it, put on some music, I will, kind of inspirational music, and I will picture myself in the state of mind that I want to be in for that, pres for that workshop or talk or whatever I'm doing, because then I can start to feel that emotion internally mm. and I start to become it. Okay, and, and if, if you were like, you know, imagine you could um, pass on three ideas or or skills or whatever it is to your younger self, like 20 years old, what information would you want to get across to them? Like imagine you could pass back in time some something to your 20 year old self, what would it be? Um, this is, it's, people have asked me this question quite a few times. Yeah. And I always give them the same answer. I wouldn't give my 20 year old self any information because at that point in time, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I would, I probably would have said, oh, and probably forgotten it and not done nothing about it. At that point in time, I wasn't ready to, well, I wouldn't be ready to accept any of that because I was very naive, I was shy, I was uh, not very outgoing, I lacked confidence at, at 20, you know, I was terrible with the women at that point in time. And so I kind of, if I was to go back in time and give information, James, that 20-year-old James probably say, probably shy away. He probably wouldn't even acknowledge you mm. for, that, for, that, for that same reason. Whereas now, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah, so like, like for example, for me, um, uh, one of the biggest turning points was uh, going and doing like um, these seminars, you know, like... Um, uh, Tony Robbins or yeah. uh, MMI. As soon as I did those seminars, it just totally transformed my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because up to that point, I've always been going, no, they're too expensive. They're charlatans. They're, uh, you know, like they're just, they're just there to rip me off. I mean, what, what changes can they make in two, two or three days' time? And they're, they're expensive as well. Yeah. So I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, but they do, they work, they, they make the changes. So I was like, man, if I'd learned, if I'd gone to that seminar, 10 years earlier, look where I'd be. And the other thing I've discovered for me is yoga. Mm -hmm. Like I've only discovered yoga four years ago. Before that, I thought it was just some sort of exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yoga is like many times more. And I'm like, damn, 
why didn't I discover yoga 10, 20 years ago? Look where I'd be now. But, but you're right. Uh, if, if my younger self wouldn't be ready. No. Do you know, it wouldn't yeah. have been ready. It wouldn't have, it could have gone to that seminar. I could have forced it to go, but it wouldn't have gotten the same benefits. I got it from it because it wasn't ready. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that, yeah. So definitely. So yeah. What would you change? Damn. Yeah. That's uh, like nothing. Because yeah, yeah. you are now, because of those mistakes, because of those uh, things going wrong, you are now who you are. But And if you change those, you change this person here. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's a feedback loop. So, well, if, you, if you think as well, um, how you identified back then, and you, you have the choice as well now, at how, you, how you want to identify perhaps in a year's time. So if you wanted to be this person, this real super, super confident person who goes and chats to anybody, who is the outgoing, who has, has an amazing job, has the confidence to do whatever he wants, is guided internally, you might not be it now, but if you start acting it now, creating that new identity now, by the time perhaps six months time, you're already partly with the, partly there. And so, you know, you, and then suddenly one day you realize that that new identity that, that year ago that you wanted to become, I am now that. Mm. So it's about who do you want to be? Who do you want to be in this world, in this lifetime? What do you want, what do you want to do? And don't get me wrong, things change, but if you have that kind of direction, that kind of endish goal, if you get lost, then you can bring yourself back. But if you don't know what you want to do, you go in this direction, you go in this direction, you go in this direction, and you, you haven't really progressed very far. Whereas yeah, you have a kind of uh, a target you want to aim for, you've got that, you can get back onto the track dead, dead easy. Mm. Definitely. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. That makes sense in terms of like, um, I was thinking about my own life. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, what do you want to pass on? Like, imagine, you know, you're going to have kids in the future. What would you like to pass on to you? What, how would you bring them up, you know, in terms of uh, like, what life lessons would you want them to get? Do you know? Well, I probably wouldn't uh, bring them up the way you were brought up. I were brought up. And now, at this point, I'm not in any way blaming my parents because that would be giving my power away. But they they did the best that they could with, with the tools the, yeah, with that the they, tools had. they had. At that time. And I was brought on a, a farming background. Uh, they had very little money. And I I, mean, I, was a, I was born first, so it was all an experiment at that point. Whereas now, I would bring them up how I am now so well how I am at that moment in time when I have kids so about accepting emotion about being able to connect to themselves to watch the words that I use around them because words can have a massive impact on how we are um, helping them to to navigate their life but not in a way that you have to do this you have to do that 
and I definitely get them to learn how to focus with all the distractions in the world for sure. Social media, right? Yeah, social media. Yeah. If you think, I'm 37. When I was born, for the first f for five, five to ten years, we had Sega Mega Drives, we had black and white TVs, small boxes like that, phones which you used to dial, dial number, you had, um, I was in the country so I lived on farm, kind of running on fields, building dens, whereas now, We've got, we can have calls over the world. My sister lives in New Zealand. She can have a conversation on WhatsApp, video, and chat. You have all these different technologies that are, um, that are really progressing. Some of them good, some of them bad. But yeah, it's, this world now is full of distraction. And we get, it's very easy for us to get distracted in this lifetime and to not be able to be focused, which is actually, it's actually an art. Focusing is an art, so it's, it's a skill that we need to learn because we were never taught how to concentrate or how to build willpower in schools. Yet, if you could allow your kids to learn how to concentrate and to uh, focus, then they can be more, in, they can be more present in schools and at the same time, they can be more present in, present and, uh, in what they want to do. Mm. Well, one of the most powerful things I've uh, ever been to is Vipassana. So I would encourage my kids to go and do Vipassana. In fact, I would encourage them to do it like on a regular basis. Yeah. Because to meditate 12 hours a day, 10 days, you know, it's, it's like bodybuilding, you know, for the brain. Yeah. So that's like heavy lifting stuff. And I noticed as soon as I started being able to do that, I just changed my life like my mind i can stop my mind i can you know like yeah level yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insane i don't think having fun oh yeah, yeah having fun is a yeah, key thing yeah that's right not giving a shit yeah what other people think that's like the hardest we spend that's very that's very hard to do yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i well I, I run confidence coaching workshops and one of the things that the natural outbreak uh, of at the end of that is that you learn you your subconscious mind learns not to give a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as soon as your subconscious mind doesn't give a shit, you don't give a shit. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And it's at that level um, that I work. And yeah, the results are insane. Suddenly you don't care. And you don't know why, but you just don't go care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it's, uh, yeah. well, if you think last, uh, we're at a festival now. Last night I dressed as a woman just for the hell of it. And, you know, it gives you that, that kind of thing where you don't care. But it's good because quite often we get we get stuck in our heads. Mm. How are we, how are people thinking? You know what they're going to think about me, and you get caught up, and you, it's when you get that fear, that anxiety, that um, lack of confidence. But when you learn not to care what people think, suddenly there's a new sense of power. Yeah, you do stuff which you wouldn't normally do. You you push yourself to go and do uncomfortable things you will go and chat to a complete stranger you you will wear makeup in public kind of thing i'm not saying that's what everybody wants to do uh, it is quite liberating now and again but yeah it's um it's an art but it's a good art mm. i i for my, i i used to be an introvert massive introvert like no social skills whatsoever like i'd if I was around people, I'd have to go and hide away every 10, 15 minutes to recharge. Yeah. And I 
gave myself uh, a training by myself where I had to go and talk to 100 to 400 people every single day for six months. It was insane. How many? Hundred. Hundred to four hundred people. Sometimes five hundred people every single day. It was it was insane. Like I had so much anxiety. I didn't want to get up out of bed in the morning because if I when I got out of bed, I knew what I was going to go and do. And so it would take me several hours to work up the courage and the 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 the, the willpower to get out of bed mm-hmm. because I knew as soon as I stepped out of that bed. Um, sometimes the only thing that would step make, make me step out of that bed was if I needed to go for a pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And I mean, it was insane. Like I would, um, like I'd be going on a train, and I would purposely go on a train. And my goal on that train, like it's a train going from London to Liverpool, my goal is to talk to every single person on that train. That's cool. Right, I and like then it. and then if I got to the other end of the train. I'd start on one side, get to the other end, <laughs> and the train still had got to Liverpool. I'd go back and talk to them all again. <laughs> I got reported to the police. <laughs> what did the police say? The police was uh, like, uh, I, I, there was this one guy, I can't remember who it was, but I, I pissed the conductor off. He was like, what are you doing? Sit down and be quiet, you know, like, and I was like, hey, man, I'm just, you know, doing my thing. And, but this guy, there was an old guy on there, and he was pissed off with me that I went and talked to him. So he reported me to the police. And uh, so when I got to the other side and got to Liverpool, um, I ca- came off. There was uh, uh, several policemen waiting for me. <laughs> and I explained to them what I do. And they were, all right, OK, well, that makes fair enough. And they went, you, you. so I chatted to them for about half an hour. Uh, but the results were insane. Like I used to take the train to Brighton because I used to run a comedy club there. And uh, it's going to Brian, I would talk to every single person on that train. And then on the, on, on, on the way back as well. It was just like, and people be holding two fingers at me, tell me to F off, like all kinds. Of <laughs> 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 because they're like, what, what, why would you be talking? You know, like it was just yeah, insane, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I used to, and I used to live on the Jubilee line at Canada Water Tube Station. And I would, every morning, I would get on the Jubilee line and my goal was to talk to every single person on the train before and by the time the train got to Oxford Street or wherever it was. Yeah, yeah. And so I would use, between each station, I would do a whole carriage. I'm, you know, it was just like insane. Like, like just doesn't make sense. Um, and I also do chin-ups on the tube and press-ups and it just totally changed me. But it was hard as hell, do you know, like, because it's just yeah. me by myself. There's nobody else there. That's an, in itself. That is a hell of a uh, thing to be able to do because people. I think people quite often uh, have lost the ability to communicate with complete strangers. Yeah. You see people in restaurants, partners, and on dates and stuff, and they're they're on their mobile phones all the time, but they they can't be able to. People struggle to communicate. Because they're not really taught how to communicate, and sc- schools do in some respect but mm. as kids. But when you um, to get you wrong, we have people who are introvert and don't like talking. But sometimes we have to do things that we don't like, yeah, and make us uncomfortable. And the only way of overcoming that fear is to 
feel the fear feel and do it anyway. anyway. Yeah. There's a but. speaker, motivational speaker that I was uh, interviewing and I did interviews and he found, he's an introvert and his time on the train actually was his time to wind down and recharge. But obviously having a full day of interacting with people literally wiped him out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I was exactly like that. As soon as I was around people, I needed to get away. And so I'll always be trying to get away from people looking for a, like a, a, a rock to crawl under to recharge. <laughs> and I didn't want to be that. I was like so annoyed with myself that, you know, I had to do that and other people didn't. So I did this training on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I am an extrovert. I naturally gravitate towards people. I recharge when I'm with people, uh, but I can do both. You know, I can yeah, go and sit yeah, yeah. in a corner. Um, so like, so I've completely, but it was the hardest thing in the world. You know, like, it was like climbing Mount Everest backwards or something. Well, there's um, a thing that I do now, which yeah. I, if I go into a, uh, a place which got quite crowded or busy, I will ask myself, who do I need to speak to? And naturally you will be drawn to a person, a person and I'll just, I'll just go and chat to that person. Mm. Or I would, I would do it at that point in time. Perhaps it's not, perhaps it's not uh, ideal at that moment in time. So then what I've noticed is, is that I tend to gravitate to that person anyway. Or that person comes and chats to me. Mm. And, you know, it's, they might be there for a reason, they might not. But, you know, it's, it's that being able to pick that one person, because doing a hundred people in a day, hundred to four hundred, is quite a challenge. And uh, and it was just to get me out of my shell. Yeah, that was it. But if you yes. just do one, even that's that's what you'd need to do. Make it that simple and that small, rather than aiming to do a hundred people. Aim for that one person, and that's what we were actually talking about the other day, weren't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, micro uh, micro habits. Yeah. So so you you, you mentioned your uh, uh, building yourself up to be a speaker. Uh, what, what's, um, um, do you want to talk me through that journey? How are you, uh, what are you doing? How are you implementing it? Yeah. Okay. So public speaking used to be one of my biggest fears. I think because of what happened at school and during the play. So it's always been one of my biggest fears. Whenever we were, um, I was at university and had to do a presentation, I would be uh, shitting my pants, literally. And, um, since when I finished the breakup, the bad the breakup, one of the things I wanted to do was to conquer my fear of public speaking. So I kind of found a group. This is where you go into micro goals, uh, small small steps, tiny goals. So I found using an opportunity to find a place I can go and speak at, which was Toastmasters. I then went and did a, went to an evening, enjoyed it. Did my first speech where literally I was like that and my I was going ah, 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 kind of thing. And um, it was from there that I did the next speech, next speech, next speech. And I kind of realised I quite enjoy doing that. Mm. Uh, and so I started setting up my own little workshops initially in the local area. And it just built, built, built up. And I've had four paid gigs to date. And obviously I'm now looking... Um, be marketing and doing things like that for my next speech but at the moment I'm doing a lot of work for businesses but I think in the long term I'm going to be helping people in general general people like you know big audiences where people anybody can come to any of my any of the shows or workshops 
uh, rather than just aiming just at businesses. Mm. And that's, uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I was, I, I'm also a member of Toastmasters as well, and I went through the same thing. Um, I remember I, I, I joined three Toastmasters clubs because I wanted to perform that many times in front of, because I was like so scared. And I remember I used to get physical symptoms going on my way to Toastmasters, like leaving work to go to Toastmasters. My knees would start hurting, my feet would start hurting. I'd get pains in my back and my shoulders. I'd get headaches. But as soon as I'm there, they'd all disappear. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I yeah. had physical, and with the, my, my body physically just want me to go. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, and I remember my first time I went up to speak, I forgot everything. I even forgot my name and I'm standing up there like in a daze. Yeah. My oh, heart rate is oh, going no. through nuts. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I sort of, at some point, I'm just quiet I'm, because I can't remember anything. My brain just, I think, pulled the plug and went to sleep, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, but I eventually I remember my name. I said my name and sat down and that was it. And the uh, the timer came up after and goes, oh, Joe Baines, um, 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, right? So I just kept going. And then eventually I found myself being able to think on stage. Well, it's that's like um, props you speaking, isn't it? Sorry? The props you speaking. Yeah, it was improper. Yeah. But all I managed to do on the first time was say my name and get sit down again <laughs> when they announced me. So. Well, that's, um, actually, while you're saying that, actually, you know when you said you had to go and speak to 100 to 400 people and you couldn't get up in the morning and you mentioned about going in a car, that would be... The perfect, especially now, that would be the perfect opportunity to prime yourself. So, if you were aware that you had them feelings, but then to move your uh, focus away from that feeling to how you want to feel when you are in front of that audience or you are chatting to that person. So whether that's excited, whether that's uh, inspired, happy. Um, any emotion that you want to feel in that moment in time. And that's, and that, as you more identify it, and the occasions more and more, you can then get into the habit of being in that state of mind more often without even having to move your awareness. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Now, do you want to let um, them know how they can find you, how they can connect with you? So at this moment in time, my, I'm, I'm on Facebook and it's under James Ainsworth. At the same time, I'm also I've got my own website, which is James Ainsworth Motivational Speaker. And all my contact details are on there. Where else can you get me? I'm, I'll be on LinkedIn as James Ainsworth. I'll put all the links below so you, you've got access to yeah, it. That's awesome. yeah. I, think, I think that's what I don't yeah. really use my Instagram anymore. So yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll push this out at some point um, once we're back online. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This just—it's been amazing. This guy's awesome. I went to his uh, focus uh, workshop. Really good. And I'm—I do it all the time. I was doing it here as well, where I was like, um, I'm now consciously being able, you know, focusing and putting my attention where I want it to go. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. So thank you very much. Uh, if, thank you very uh, much. So when you want to connect with this guy. Just see the links below and uh, just, just message him and you'll, he'll be more than happy to talk to you. Thank you.